morning, dear saints of God, family, and friends. You know, as a man of God, there are two influences in my life that have influenced my life that is so important to my Christian growth and my well-being. And that is family and friends. Hey, Joe, take your head off. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> as I was saying, what is important to me, what has helped shape my Christian life and even my ministry has been my family and friends. Let me share the acronyms of family and friends. F-A-M-I-L-Y. Family always mature in loving you, you, you. It's loving every member of the family and every member of the family loving you that helps you to become a man of God and even a friend to people. Now, I hold friendship very dear in my life, and I've had some wonderful friends. Those that come to mind, no doubt, is Abdurrahman, Spike Abdurrahman, Pastor Glenn Horner, Pastor Robert, Pastor Victor David, of course, Jacob Isaac, Pastor Jacob Isaac, my son in the Lord, and then um, Pastor Lenny Munsami, Jaya Governor. Did I mention Victor David? Oh, um, there's so many. There's so many. And if, if I do not mention you this time, I'm sure I will mention you the next time. Friends have made an indelible impression upon my life concerning the Lord. You know, there's one thing about friends that you must never forget. Friends might not at times like the things that you do, but it doesn't mean they will stop loving you. A friend loveth at all time. And thank God, the Word of God says, we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's not other than Jesus Christ. So let me give you the acronym for friend. F-R-I-E-N-D. Friends rejoice in each other's never-ending dream. I'm so thankful for my friends that when the church gave up on me, when the world gave up on me, my family and friends never gave up on me. And one thing I must say is this. Where my family is concerned and even where my friends were concerned, I was never ever a pretender. I lived a normal life amongst them. If I flip-flopped, they saw it. If I'd done something wrong, if they had not seen it, they heard about it. But you know what? They never, ever stopped loving me. And of course, here's a friend of mine that I just introduced him to the restaurant people where we went to this morning. I introduced Ian as my adopted son. And I said to the lady, I adopted him just because I was after his money. <laughs> but Ian has been a friend of mine for the past seven years. In fact, he's a fulfillment of prophecy. I shared my heart's cry for the ministry and a man of God told me that I mustn't be concerned. God will send me a man to help me bring forth my ministry. And that is my video ministry. So thank you, Ian. Ian's now married to a lovely young lady. Her name is Catherine. They're going on a short vacation. Uh, is it this Friday? No. In a, few, in a few weeks. In a few weeks' time to celebrate their second honeymoon. Isn't that wonderful? All right, let's begin this morning. And we're going to continue with the book of Genesis. And the topic being the blessing 
and responsibility of reproduction. Now the emphasis is not only towards after your own kind in the sense of a physical appearance and mannerisms, but also a spiritual reproduction. Now not of yourself, but rather the God that possesses you, that, that is in you, who had made you the temple of God. So our emphasis towards reproduction and blessing is none other that we are to reproduce Jesus Christ in the life of our children. Amen. And let me say this. You can't reproduce that which you don't have. You've got to be born of God's Spirit. Jesus must be your Savior to instill the character and the nature of Jesus Christ in your children. So let's read together. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and everything that moves on the earth. Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in the never-failing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. He, O oh God, who made it possible that I could have the born-again experience. Thank you also for the quickening work of the Spirit who convicted me of my sin. And God who made Jesus alive unto me as I heard the precious word of God, God being preached. Thank you for salvation, so full and so free. I stand amazed or sit amazed in your presence, knowing now that I'm a child of God and my name is recorded in the Lamb's book of God. And I become a citizen of the household of God, called to be a servant, not because of any good thing in me, but rather I've been called through the grace of God. Father, I boast in the fact that I qualify for the ministry because you delight to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Oh, I bless you for that. And as I break the word of God to your people today, God, let the Spirit of God quicken that word. And God, let this word bear fruit. Let many people, oh God, come to the knowledge of salvation and have an encounter with God, not only as their God and as their Creator, but as their Father as well. Bless me, bless Ian, bless Catherine, bless Dolores, O oh God, for we are a part of this ministry. And we thank you for each other, and in Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to continue with Genesis chapter 1. And the emphasis, no doubt, is verse 26-27. But we need to recap. We need to give a brief overview, overview of what we had mentioned last week. We spoke last week about the greatest blessing that God had afforded to man and that being like our God who is perfect, who is holy, who is eternal, who is kind and loving, 
that he bestowed upon us a gracious, gracious gift in that we were created of his own image and likeness. God had given us a wonderful, wonderful gift and that being created after his own kind. However, God further blessed us in that just like God had created in his kind, we were called by God and appointed and mandated by God and blessed by God to produce after our own kind. Amen? Now, here is the wonderful thing about it. Not only did God create us in his image and likeness, God gave us the power to reproduce after our image and likeness. But here is the crux of the matter. The whole emphasis is not only towards the image and likeness of ourselves in our children. That is a physical blessing, but it comes with along, with, along with that blessing a responsibility. In you and I, there's imperfection. In you and I, there was sin, and sad to, say, sad to say, there's still sin today in our life. But what God wants for you and I to reproduce is that which fills us, that which, in a sense, possesses us. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of God. We are the habitation of the Spirit. The Bible tells us we are born again of the Spirit of God and of water. Jesus dwells in us. Our body, our spirits have become the temple of God for the mere fact that Jesus dwells in you and I. We're not the same people anymore. Yes, our friends see us in the physical state. But when God looks from heaven, he doesn't only see the physical state. He sees the spiritual side of you and I. He sees a born again Christian, spirit filled with, the, with Jesus dwelling therein and with the God given anointing for us to bring forth Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world as living epistles read and known of all men. Yes, we have the likeness and the image of God restored to us because of Jesus going to the cross and dying on your behalf and on my behalf. And the Bible said, he that hath the Son has eternal life. Amen. And praise God, we accepted Jesus. When he knocked on our heart's door and asked to come in, we opened wide and we allowed him to come in. That's given us the born again experience. Praise God. This is a wonderful blessing, but it comes with great responsibility. Amen. We've got to admit, we cannot impart to our children. We cannot raise our children after our own kind. We have to raise our children after the kind of Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's a grave responsibility. However, God gives us the grace to imprint in on our children the very image and likeness of, our, of the Lord our God. Be it that our concentration of raising our children of their own kind is our emphasis. And by that I mean the physical features and mannerisms, mannerisms and all that. We can expect dismal failure. For surely, if our emphasis is towards ourselves and they emulating us and copying us, then the sad thing, because there's no perfection in you and I, outside of Jesus Christ, and if they concentrate on emulating you and I, they will pick up our traits 
and our bad habits and even our sin habits. And therefore, it is essential that when we walk before them, we walk before them as living epistles, the living word. We die to ourselves, we live unto Christ, and we present, present Christ to them as we live a godly lifestyle. Amen. And the word tells us emphatically that we are to train up a child in the way it should go, in the ways of God. And if we do that with great emphasis, with great dedication, with zeal and trust in the word of God and in the power of the spirit, it will come a time that our children will not depart from the ways of God. Let's briefly now talk about the way in which we should train them. You know, just as a weightlifter trains, picks up weights and, uh, and builds his muscles, there is also spiritual weightlifting. And we're going to teach our children, as we do spiritual weightlifting, that they also do spiritual weightlifting. They edify themselves. They build themselves up. Amen? Now, let's talk about the way. My Bible speaks of a narrow way and a broad way. The broad way leads to destruction and a life void of God that ends up this way. That man and woman will be eternally separated from God. The narrow way, which is presented in the word of God and even through our lifestyle to our children, leads to God and his eternally heavenly blessing. His eternal heavenly blessing. Life with God in eternity and in heaven. Parents have a grave responsibility and are accountable to God. We have to answer to God of our stewardship of raising our children in the ways of God. And what does the Bible say? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and no man cometh to the Father but via Jesus. Now, I mentioned in the first video that God does not just expect us to raise our children after the character of Jesus. Without giving us the necessary means, the way we all, that we will bring about the nature of Christ in our children. It's one thing, say, of God asking us to do something and not giving us the means. So God wants us to raise our children in the fear and admonition of His person. But then He gives us the way with all. He gives us the anointing to do it. Do it. He gives us the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. To raise your family. Yes, one of the major tools is the word of God. But then what is important is this. You cannot train your children on, on and in the word of God unless the word is quickened by the power of the Spirit. For the Bible says... It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. We have many people today. Oh, they're great outstanding preachers. Yes, the word, oh, powerful, uh, uh, knowledgeable and exciting. But some or the other, you must, you feel there's something missing. And that is the power of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that quickens the word. So let me say this. We can teach our children the word of God, but if that word is not authorized and sanctioned and blessed of the Spirit of God, then our labor is in vain. That's why we must have a spiritual relationship. I'll never forget what Pastor Coleman taught me. He said this, You can be instructed with the word of God, 
but it can be out of step with the Spirit. What's the use if you teach your children, but you don't pray and seek the face for their growth, spiritual growth in the Lord. You're going to have a, an encounter with God yourself every day. You're going to wait upon the Lord. You're going to weep before the porch and the altar and say, God, this is my cry. This is my concern. I want God, please, for the children not to emulate me. Thank God they look like me and their mommy. But God, I want them to have your character and your essence and your nature. I want them to be like Jesus and not like me because I am imperfect. But God, you are are perfect and I want them to be like you and therefore God I don't want just to give them the word I want you to quicken that word that the word I give is not gained through knowledge but the word that I give and the wisdom therein of God is given by you because you quickened your word by the power of your Holy Spirit ah come on say amen Ian amen praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah hallelujah now this is this is this, this is a great responsibility it's a great responsibility. There's no blessing that comes from God without responsibility. And that, that's what makes it so, so wonderful. I'm accountable. I can't just do what I want to do. I just can't go there, here, anywhere and everywhere. Amen. I've got to be in the perfect will of God. Now, we have been blessed by God with the gift of parenthood. Amen. Mightily blessed by God with the gift of parenthood. You and I are fathers and mothers. And God has called us to develop Christ in the life of our children. And therefore we must know and fully comprehend the three P's of parenting. You know, I, 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 if I boast, please, I boast in the Lord. I, 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 I just got 10 years of schooling and that is... JC back in South Africa. Amen. <laughs> and the strange thing was this. <laughs> oh, but if some people hear me share this the other day, they say, why did you share it? Oh, that's just me. Instead of six, I had an A plus for mathematics. Instead of seven, I had an A plus for mathematics. Instead of eight, I failed it. <laughs> I wasn't, a, I, I was not always a very bright person. But I always had a desire towards God. I grew up as a Catholic. I was an altar boy. And there was a time that I wanted to be a, a Catholic priest. But praise God that never materialized. I'm a servant of the living God. I'm a Pentecostal man from my head to my toe. I'm full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, the three P's for parenting. This was given to me by God. Amen. God speaks to me in strange ways. I don't always hear his voice. In fact, I don't hear his voice. I get deep impressions, thoughts that I realize, hey, this is not for me, man. Joe, who, who are you to think like that and to know that? It comes from God. Amen. God places thoughts in my mind. And he gave me this wonderful thought about the three P's of parenting. To be an effective parent. To reproduce Christ in the life of your children and even in yourself. Amen. You have to have the three P's of parenting. Number one, protection. Number two, provision. And number three, promotion. I call it the threefold cord of parenting that cannot be broken. Bearing in mind, what is our aim? What is our goal? To reproduce after not our own kind, 
but the kind of Jesus, the perfect man who knew no sin, who satisfied the will of God. Now, note all three words. That's protection, provision, promotion, begins with the prefix pro. Pro. P-R-O. And it's not by perchance that God gave me this. There's a purpose. In a modern day, we call a pro, a professional, which simply means qualified. In a certain profession, all this threefold pro speaks of me being a professional parent. Amen. To be a professional parent, I must protect my children, provide for my children, and promote my children. Now, the opposite to a professional, professional is an amateur. Now, let me say this, people. You can raise your children on the principles of good works. Amen? But that is an amateur's way of raising children. Good works is as faulty rags before the Lord. Isaiah 64 verse 6. We raise our children on the word of God. Now listen to me. This is important. Who and what is the word? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh. The word became flesh. Jesus. Amen. So we mold our children on none other than Jesus Christ. He is the true professional. An amateur is a person that cannot come near a professional. He's learning the game, but really speaking, he does it in his own strength. A Christian that's born again is a professional if he waits upon the Spirit of God. And he speaks and teaches by the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Now, an amateur is incompetent. And how can we, outside of the Spirit of God, teach our children the Word of God? In our modern day, the church, more than half of the church, don't believe in the Spirit of God. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit of God. They don't believe in the anointing of the Spirit of God. They say you've got to study, which I believe you must study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman not being, not being ashamed. But let me say this. It's not what I study always that gives me a great uh, emphasis in my preaching. It's what I hear from God. It's God speaking to me and to you and giving understanding what we hear and what we see in the Bible. There's too many people today, too many people, too many parents raising their children up from books. You raise your children up that you hear from God and you do what God says concerning the raising of your children. professional is a specialist. And if ever there's a specialist, if ever there's a professional father, it's none other than God himself. So if we want to raise our children after Jesus, then we must have an intimate experience, not only with the Spirit, not only with the Son, Jesus, but also with the Father. Because then we'll get his characteristics of how to impart. Amen? Let me show you that this morning, that you as a parent, no more be an amateur. You can become a professional. How is this? 
The answer is for God in this sense. The answer is from God. God, our Heavenly Father, is our Father. And if we follow His example, that's there in His unadulterated Word, God will teach you the rudiments of parenting. The very first principles of parenting. And may I add, the last. Everything that you need to know about parenting, God will teach you. Now, let's talk about the first P-R-O, the professional. Amen. You get an amateur golfer. Amen. And you get a professional golfer. Get an amateur parent and a professional parent. An amateur parent are those people that train their children outside of the word of God. They train them on the principles of living a good life, on good things. And like I said, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We train our children on the revelation of God and the revelation of God is found in his word. Amen. Now, protection. What does it mean? That is our first, first P of the threefold cord of parenting. It is the action of protecting or the state of being protected. Now, synonyms for protect, pro protection are defense, shelter, safety, and sanctuary. I love that. It's defense. Amen. It is shelter. It is safety. It's a sanctuary. Now, I won't talk about it now, but later on I will talk about the sanctuary. Now, to emphasize protection, we ask ourselves, how do we go about it? How do we go about it? Remember those of you that know the Word of God, that Nehemiah when hearing the news of the situation in Jerusalem, he done something about it. He heard that the walls were broken down. He heard that the gate was torn down, that there was access, entrance and exit at will from all those who are coming in. So what did he do? He got permission from the king and he went back to do what? To build the walls. To build the walls and to build the gate. A whole reconstruction. He built a perimeter of what? Of protection. And let me say his walls weren't just uh, three foot high walls. They were high walls. They were walls that the enemy couldn't just climb, climb over. And let me say this. This is a picture of our home. We mustn't have just low, low fences. When I speak like this, I'm speaking of a spiritual fence. You must have high standards in your Christian walk. Amen. And your home must become your sanctuary, your holy place. There is where your children find solace. There is where your children find comfort and expression. You see... If you build the wall around you, the spiritual wall around your home, based on the word of God, on prayer and the spirit, then let me say this. Your children will live in a sanctuary, a haven of rest. Remember I said that we don't have a house, we have a home, heaven on my earth. 
You see, protection is providing a haven. It's a place where a child can express itself without being fearful. And what you do is this. How do you protect your children? Simple. You keep your children away from the enemies of God. Amen. Let me say this. The Catholics say, give me a child from birth to the age of seven and that child will be a Catholic for life. And what I'm saying is this. As much as a child has to be set free and live among society, the best years that you can train and mold and shape your children is when they are young and you just don't introduce them to the world. You introduce them to your wife, your family and their siblings and, and family that are living a godly life. You don't just take them out here, there, anywhere and everywhere and see how that the world lives. You set a place, an environment, how that a godly home, a godly home lives and dwells as a family. That's very important. Now, let me say this. You are to be a protector in all spheres. So you keep your child from harm and danger. You know, if you, if you, if you look at a home that has got no fence, and I dare say similar to that which Nehemiah had heard about, you know what possesses that, that land, that area? The vermin. Animals, wild animals, they come and go as they please. They ravish the, 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 the city. Now the same thing, if you haven't got a spiritual fence around your house, people come in and do whatever they want to do and they do it before your children, thus robbing your children of the image and likeness of God that you're endeavoring to reproduce in their life. Amen. Now, how do you now go one step further with your children? Let me say this. Every child from birth has been given a mind of his or her own. It is a mind that is there. But you must understand it is an undeveloped mind. It's going to go through the process of development. It needs to grow to develop and become mature. Now the mind of a child is wonderful. It, it, it's not like your mind or the mind of the rest of the world. Your mind and my mind is fully developed. But the mind of a child is an innocent mind. That child has no understanding at that point in its early, early years of what, of what is right or what is wrong. But as that child grows in age, what happens is this, the child's mind begins to grow and it has the ability to choose, etc, etc. Now, it is at this infant stage, it is at this, at this infant stage that we must realize that child who has an innocent mind has no need to do what God says in His Word concerning you and I. The Bible says, be renewed in the mind. Why must we be renewed in the mind? Because our mind at one time or the other was filled with, with, with filth and sin. 
I, I listened to a, 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 a tape the other night and it says, even just looking upon a woman and lusting in your thoughts, it's adultery. You see, our minds are polluted and there's a continual work on our part to renew our minds. But a child is innocent. Amen. But although that child is innocent, it has a capacity in its mind to make choices. And before that child has the ability and the power to make choices, you're going to do something to the mind of that child. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, for therein it is written of me. Yes, Jesus had the mind of God. He had the will of God. His whole life was towards the will of God. And the first thing that you and I got to do is to reproduce the mind of God, the will of God in the mind of our children. <laughs> Hallelujah. That mind is innocent. Amen. There's no, there's no seeds that were planted that grows into sin, into jealousy, into hatred, into stealing, into vice and all that. It's empty. It's innocent. It's the best, best ground. It's most fertile for the word of God. Plant the word. 